Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How are you? Good. How about you? I am swell because I'm here with you. Oh, and big news of the pop world this week. There, there is? I mean, we're talking about it today. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll tell you what it is in just a second. Because as always, Katie... The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. I faked you out. I thought I was going to do it, then I realized, no, I assigned you to do that. Oops. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about Post Malone, Ozzy Osbourne, Lizzo, Louis Capaldi, Travis Scott with Ozzy Osbourne, and Kygo and Whitney Houston. Plus, we'll be discussing the big news of the week about how Jennifer Lopez and Shakira were announced as co-headliners of next year's Super Bowl. Mmm. Hips don't lie. <laughs> True. <laughs> they sure don't. They may be on the floor next year. I'll stop. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com podcasts. Okay, so... Let's do some chart chat. First up, on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding holds atop the chart for a third straight week, making it the first album to spend its first three weeks at number one in nearly a year. The last album to do so was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's soundtrack to A Star Is Born, which spent its first three weeks at number one on the October 27th through November 3rd charts. October 20th. October 20th. What did I say? You said October 27th. I'm just making up numbers. <laughs> I mean, it was number one on the 27th, yes. but I, it started with October 20th. Um, and uh, for chart geeks and aficionados, it actually, the album actually had four weeks at number one. It came back and had a fourth week at number one the week after the Academy Awards yeah. uh, when the you know shallow one we didn't forget about that we didn't forget don't worry um but we're just talking about albums that spent their first three weeks at number one yes so it doesn't exactly happen a whole heck of a lot these days um in other post malone news i'm very excited about this my current favorite song from his album take what you want featuring ozzy osbourne and travis scott debuts at number 40 on the mainstream rock songs airplay chart uh, marking Post Malone and Travis Scott's first hit on this particular chart because it's not I mean you don't really hear them on rock radio and Ozzy's 33rd hit on the list Um, Ozzy was last on the chart with uh, Let It Die back in 2011 which peaked at number 21 man I love all this Ozzy Osbourne like renaissance from this Post Malone song it's so great it is really great uh, next up, over on the Billboard, oh, and I finally listened to that song. <laughs> you did? Oh, fine. I wasn't. I wasn't going to put you on the spot. So, what do you think? Oh, it's great. And Isn't I, it? I agree that the guitar solo was super fun. It's just, a, it's a throwback. It's great. It's great. It's, uh, it's, uh, and Ozzy sounds really good in it. Ozzy sounds great. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to it yet, you, you've probably <laughs> you heard it. Like me. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, not. Keith a... kept asking me like day after day. Have you listened to that? Have you, Have you listened, listened to it? Yeah. Have you li- yet? <laughs> um, did you did you listen to the just that song or? I've been listening to more songs off the album. I have not heard the entire album yet, but I've heard like it's a long more album. than half more than half of it now, just from occasionally returning to it. Mm. And circles is my jam. Mm. So. Uh, it's just chock full of hits, I tell you. Indeed. Okay, next up, over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, 
Lizzo's Truth Hurts spins a fifth week at number one, while Louis Capaldi's Someone You Loved hits a new high, climbing four to three. Uh, Elsewhere in the top five, Chris Brown nabs his first top five charting hit in more than a decade, as No Guidance, featuring Drake, rises to the number five spot. Uh, Brown was last in the top five with Forever, which hit number two back in August of 2008. Now, it's not like Chris Brown hasn't had hits since then. Uh, In between Forever and No Guidance, he charted five more top ten hits, um, though none of them went any higher than number eight. It's almost like something occurred in Chris Brown's life between that time that made people have some distaste for him or something. Well, (laughs) not um, script. (laughs) Nope. Sure wasn't. I'm sure that's part of the narrative in some capacity. Yes. Yes, you are correct. Um, Well, lastly, Whitney Houston is back on the pop songs airplay chart. Yes, queen work. Um, As Higher Love uh, with Kygo debuts at number 34. Now, amazingly, this is Houston's first entry on the pop songs chart in 19 years. She was last on the list with Could I Have This Kiss Forever? a duet with Enrique Iglesias, which peaked at number 34 on the July 8th, 2000 dated list. Do you know the song, Can I Have This Kiss Forever? I do not. There's, yeah. It it was a hit, but not so much. It was mm. actually one of the new tracks that they had on her greatest hits album that had just come out. Okay. There was that one, and then there was another, like, I think she had a, she had a George Michael collaboration mm. on there, too. Anyway, um... Whatever, she's back on the chart, and it's amazing. She's back in the top 40 where she belongs. Yeah. Um, now, Higher Love isn't a brand new, a totally brand new recording, um, as we mentioned on the show previously, as Kygo took Houston's existing vocal for the track, which is found only on the Japanese CD edition of her 1990 album, I'm Your Baby Tonight, and created new music around her existing vocal. Uh, and the result obviously has found a lot of fans. Uh, concurrently, the track also rises 31 to 26 on the adult pop songs airplay chart and maintains its bullet at number 16, which is also its peak, on the adult contemporary airplay chart. Plus, over on the Billboard Hot 100, Love re-enters at number 92, and the track had previously debuted and so far peaked at number 63 back on the July 13th chart. So feels like this this song could actually have some legs underneath it yeah um which i think is super exciting and i I agree i just it's just i mean you could almost i think you could almost take isolated whitney houston vocals from like any song Uh and make it sort of contemporary with new music just because her vocals are just great just do yourself a favor and google whitney houston isolated vocals you can find a lot of them and they're just insane yeah they're completely insane she could put out a whole like sort of i mean if they just like isolated her vocals as like the whitney houston acapella album yep just 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 i'm there just 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 roll around in the in the soothing <laughs> embrace of whitney houston's acapella vocals okay well anyway should we talk about a couple of other divas now sure and you know there's actually a whitney houston connection here Oh, that's right. Well, we're going to talk about a little Super Bowl history here. But after rumors started swirling early in September that Jennifer Lopez would be this year's Super Bowl halftime performer, the superstar took to Twitter on September 26th to confirm the news and to reveal that she would have some company on the stage. So fellow Latin music powerhouse Shakira will be co-headlining the halftime show with J-Lo. 
Um, Super Bowl 54 will take place at Miami's Hard Rock Stadium on September. September? February 2nd. Oh my goodness. February 2nd, 2020, which incidentally is one week before the February 9th Oscars. And two days before Oscar voting closes. Just in case anyone was, like, prognosticating J-Lo for a possible Academy Award nomination for Hustlers. It's been discussed. Hey. I saw it. I'll give her an Oscar. Just for, like, her dance to Fiona Apple's Criminal Alone. She deserves an Oscar. It's incredible. Um, So just to give a little bit of history here, previously the only Latin performers to take the Super Bowl halftime stage are Gloria Stefan, three times, actually, in 1992 and 1999, and as part of Miami Sound Machine in 1995. And then also Enrique Iglesias alongside a slew of other artists in 2000. So this is a big deal. I l- literally don't remember Enrique Iglesias on the stage. Yes. Who, he, who was he with? You, um, well, oh, wait, we, we have, have a list. We have a list. Sorry. Uh, oh, was oh, a Disney thing. A yeah, Tapestry right. of Nations. Christina Aguilera, Phil Collins, Tony Braxton, and an 80-person choir. Of course. <laughs> Who doesn't love a Super Bowl halftime show without an 80-person choir? So uh, I can start with Let's my, just get like... just up with people in there. Sorry. <laughs> I digress. I can start with my first thought just on, um, you know, the J-Lo news came out, like we said, a month ago, you know, kind of like swirling, and it, and it made a lot of sense. Like, J-Lo headlining Super Bowl is something that I've personally talked about for a few years, just ma- mo- mostly after seeing her Vegas show. Which I saw... I, I saw... Yeah, you saw it like a year after I saw it, Yeah, right? we saw the same, I think we saw the exact same yes. show in Vegas, and it was just flat out, razzle, dazzle, J-Lo is a freaking, I mean, come on. Yes. It inter- just pure entertainment. So you take that and you condense it into 15 minutes, and it's like, she can't fail. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. So then the surprise of the announcement was that she'd be joined by Shakira, and not just, you know, we've all, we've had a lot of... Um, special guests come out at previous Super Bowls just last year. Um, Maroon 5 had Travis Scott and Big Boy. Um, but that's different. We're talking about co-headlining. Yeah, announced from the jump. It was a co-headliner. Yeah, and so I have to say, like, that was a little shocking to it me. It is a little weird. And not because Shakira's not incredible in her own right, but because at this moment, in the year 2019, when you look at the at least the U.S. Uh, catalog of jennifer lopez versus shakira there's an imbalance i yes and i i think someone could also argue and of course we are coming at this from you know i think there's been a lot of sort of um kind of uh, quick reaction to seeing the news and saying huh really like i would have thought j-lo would have been fine on her own um you know, so we're not necessarily, we're not saying either one of these ladies are not amazing superstars. <laughs> we're just simply saying, oh, this is interesting that they decided to come out from out of the gate and say they are co-headlining this together. So why is so the why? question? Now, I think, though, if you look, because we, I think J-Lo is having a, a, a lonessance, a J-Lo-lessance, whatever. Um <laughs> But it's not necessarily a genocide. A genocide. Oh, that's a good one. There we go. Has that? Has that? I just has made it been that called up. that? Okay. No. <laughs> a genocide. Um, even though she hasn't really connected, she hasn't really had like a hit single in a while. Right. Um, but I think it's been because she has been like this constant force in entertainment in yeah. general. Yes. Um, where after American Idol. 
She had, um, she's always been sort of present in music and present in music videos, even if the songs never connected in a right. huge way. She's been, been very consistent in music, even though they weren't huge hits. However, after the Vegas residency, and then she just she just has this tour that she just embarked on earlier this year that is kind of an extension of the Vegas mm-hmm. residency, and now she the has it's hustlers. It's my party tour. It's my party tour because she turned fifty. Yeah, um, that's another thing altogether. And you know, <laughs> I, I think I think it's just we've been reminded of how much of just this pure sort of triple threat entertainer she is. Yes. Um, Shakira hasn't had like a big, huge sort of like pop, like English pop radio hit in a while, but she's still obviously a force in terms of like Latin music. And also globally. Globally, you know? Shakira is, is an enormous superstar. It's been a long time, I think, since Shakira has put out um, any English language music in general, but has continued to pump out massive Latin hits and Spanish language hits. So I think, you know, if you maybe look at it from, well, the Super Bowl isn't just a United States TV show. No, and the NFL has been strategic about trying trying to make uh, American football a global sport. They've, you know, uh, hosted games in London every year. Like, they're really trying to make it a thing outside of just the U.S. And the Super Bowl is watched globally, even by people who don't care about the game itself. And And, I think the halftime show is the reason for that. And who better than a, a woman who is a huge international global superstar, and she has a connection to soccer or as you know other people will call it football outside of the united states yeah and she's done music for the world cup and she's a dynamic entertainer so you know if you're thinking strategically oh well you know perhaps we can really expand our viewership and reach if we have shakira on as the halftime performer with j-lo to kind of you know you know hit all of the bases and and really kind of cover all the bases um you could also just sort of look at it from, well, perhaps, you know, with the Super Bowl in Miami this year, there may have been some thought to somehow recognize kind of the regional aspect in the city of Miami in terms of like Latin music, even though J-Lo and Shakira are not from Miami. Right, which Twitter loved pointing out. But um, they obviously are Latina women. Like, yes, Um I think that that's definitely something that maybe they decided to lean into, even though they got some criticism last year for being in Atlanta and not really recognizing the Atlanta music scene in any way. Until they squished in Big Boy yeah. the last minute. Yeah, for like a song. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they, they took that criticism in stride and thought, let's try to be a little bit closer to home. And I mean, you know, Pitbull's got to come out, right? Because it's, you know, it's Miami and it's J-Lo. And... I mean, we could we could spend an entire episode talking <laughs> about who we want to show up <laughs> to sing with these already two people. I know. How are they already going to get in, like, their set list of songs if there are Is, other special guests? Are, will Wyclef show up with Shakira to do Hips Don't Lie? Maybe. Pitbull shows up to do On the Floor with J-Lo. Yeah. Ja Rule shows up to sing with J-Lo? Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Or maybe, maybe Shakira just does Pitbull's part on uh, on the floor with <laughs> J Lo, and J Lo does Wyclef's part on Hips Don't Lie. Another thing I wanted to bring up too is like I think J Lo has always had, whether it was deserved or not, a sort of like a diva reputation. I think it was earned more like earlier in her career. There was some like, for instance, a, an Those interview quotes that, that just, just was... <laughs> resurfaced from twenty one years ago where she was bluntly honest about a lot of her contemporaries in the acting world at that time. In like 1998? Yeah, it was literally 21 years ago. And so 
she always that's always kind of like been a cloud that hung over her although anyone who watched like American Idol and kind of saw how sweet and generous and loving she was with those contestants it's like it kind of rewrote that that idea and this takes another step toward that in that you know she might seem like somebody who wouldn't be willing to share a stage and obviously by doing this with Shakira she's like throwing her arm around Shakira and saying like yes the both of us two women together like let's make a statement by doing this and let me also show how I like can help in lifting up other women and so that you know while it maybe on its face doesn't make all the sense in the world it's like it makes sense for that reason for you know that sort of you know, female empowerment message. I mean, maybe that, maybe that, maybe they thought about that. Maybe, maybe the NFL thought we would, not only do we want to sort of recognize sort of Latin music because of where the Super Bowl will be at, but can we also have a female headliner? Mm-hmm. Um, because they've had two years, two years, right? Uh, and five and um, Justin, Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Two years of men. And then before that was Gaga. So they're like, well, maybe it's time to like, you know, let's have a woman do it. Yep. And maybe they thought of J-Lo and maybe they thought of, she, they're like, let's I'm make. like, maybe J-Lo du- suggested Shakira. Like they actually, you know, there's photos of them from like, I don't know, 15 They've never done a song years together ago. Though. They've never done a song together. Like a proper, like well, collaboration. So there's yet another theory that Keith and I both po- had popped into our heads. What if by February 2nd, 2020, there is a single that is a J-Lo and Shakira co-build single. Yeah. And, and you, then they you drop it in time. And if it's well received, they'll play it at the Super Bowl. <laughs> and if it's not, then maybe they'll forget that we did that. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I know it's like I'm, you in the past, songs have dropped right before the Super Bowl and then gotten performed on it. Formation. Formation. By Beyonce is the ultimate example. It was uh, literally that weekend. It was like Saturday she dropped it and Sunday she performed it at the Coldplay Super Bowl halftime. Madonna did it almost in the same way with Give Me All Your Lovin'. Oh, was it that new? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize like it, that. It was either like three days before or just a week before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole thing was all timed to, you know, coincide with the single MDNA. dropping. Um, I mean, the whole the whole song, the whole video is just structured as like cheerleaders you know, with yeah. football. So yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, they could, you know, like we don't know what's percolating, but when you have like one of the biggest stages in the world to perform, why the heck not take advantage of it? Yeah, and, and it would it would be one more piece of the puzzle that would make sense of having them together, right? Too. What about a whole J Lo Shakira album? Oh I'm, my god, I'm there. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Who knows? <laughs> um, well, uh, I was watching um, the, uh, the there was a clip that Fox Sports put out of J Lo and Shakira doing an interview together, a sit down interview together, talking about how excited they are and blah blah blah, and they also they actually talked about how um, the Miami aspect of it and Latin music and also the fact that it was the 100th anniversary of the NFL, Mm -hmm. which I did not realize. Same. So they even felt like it's more of a moment and more special Mm -hmm. that they're getting to participate in something that is such a big milestone marker. And they were very cute and had like their arms around each other and like were, you know, J-Lo was talking about what an incredible performer Shakira is and Shakira was talking about about what a big champion J-Lo has been for Latin music. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's obviously a love fest. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that they were 
friendly. Like, I mean, I just well, you know, you don't you don't I don't speculate about these sorts of things, but I didn't know that they were like friendly or friends. No, or some, like when that. you don't like see photographs of people together or whatever, you don't right. assume that they know each other. Like or I friends. know, like Katy Perry and Rihanna are friendly, but they haven't done a song together. I don't think. Right. Because you've seen them at award shows, and they they seem like girlfriends. Yeah. But I didn't ever think about that about J Lo and Shakira. Well, now we will. Now we'll associate them. Now together. we can speculate. Yeah. Now we can wonder. Um. Okay, so what else do we have to say about this? Well, I wanted one one more point that's sort of tangential, but, you know, as we mentioned, J-Lo's getting a little Oscar buzz for Hustlers. Which you've seen, and you said, you give her the damn Oscar. I mean, it's really good. It's a really good, it's a really good performance and a really fun movie. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of people wanted to bring up the fact that this could sort of maybe derail that Oscar campaign, the Super Bowl timing being... Um, the week before the Oscars, and as we mentioned at the top, two days before Oscar voting closes, as if the idea of like J Lo, the pop star, can't coexist with the idea of J Lo, you know, the thespian, the serious actress. Yeah, um, which I think is sort of silly, and I almost think Jennifer sexist? Lopez, oh, well, maybe sexist, and also it feels like Jennifer Lopez herself sort of like her whole career has been about proving that idea wrong that you Mm. can be dominant in both fields and be taken seriously in both fields you know well so it's i mean it's it's something to think about and also everyone overanalyzes oscar campaigns of course so let's say she is nominated and she just does a blockbuster amazing gaga like style gaga-esque like oh my god just in completely embraced performance how could that be viewed in any way as not a win i mean i guess there's always going to be the stick in the mud old folks you know who just were were, mm, i don't know mm, this this young (laughs) i saw too much of her booty on the the super bowl stage (laughs) she sings the song booty yeah (laughs) you know i'm guessing she's not going to do booty i really hope she does i love you poppy and brings out a whole bunch of male model dancers (laughs) Probably not. It's probably not happening. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's something to consider, I suppose. But, you know, who knows what, what will happen. I think if she gets the nomination, that'll be a win in of itself. So, you know, she probably will be less stressing about the, the yeah. win aspect. Uh, anything else about J-Lo and Shakira? I feel like we've covered a lot here. All right. Well, we can move on then. I'm looking forward to it. I I'm would looking like forward to, to it. That. If you um, haven't seen Jennifer Lopez live, do yourself a favor and go see her. Yeah. And I mean, Shakira, her choreography, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. This week in 1971, an artist with over 50 Hot 100 hits sailed straight to number one with their very first chart entry. As Rod Stewart's double-sided hit, Maggie May, Reason to Believe, that's two separate singles, Maggie May and Reason to Believe, Topped the Hot 100 on October 2nd, 1971, its first of five weeks atop the list. Stewart notched three more number ones and a total of 34 top 40 charting hits. He most recently visited the Hot 100 in 2015 as a featured act on ASAP Rocky's Every Day. Did not know that. Uh, yeah, that's random. Uh, the song peaked at number 92. It's not another Rod Stewart. <laughs> it's the Rod Stewart. Uh, and last year, uh, Stewart was named the number 19 biggest artist in the 60-year history of the Hot 100 chart. So there you have it. This week in 1971, Rod Stewart 
topped the Billboard Hot 100 with his very first chart hit, the double-sided single, Maggie May, Reason to Believe. Still I look to find a reason to believe. All right, we've reached the end of our big shoe, our big football cleat shoe. <laughs> yeah. Any parting words? Oh, man. What's your favorite Super Bowl halftime performance, Katie? Oh, wow. Um, that's a big one. I have to say Prince. Really? I think that's, for me, the one that, like, had the most instant impact on me for just being insane. Wow. Um, How about you? Uh, Gaga. Yeah, that I mean, Madonna, I, or that Gaga. The, I, just, the, I just assumed you were going to say Madonna. I'm like, that Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, Gaga one was incredible. Lo- love Madonna, obviously, but that the Gaga Super Bowl halftime is just, just, it's just killer. So good. Um, okay, so what song should we go out on? Go out on? Go out on. Yeah, what should we go out on? Go out on. <laughs> we should really stop talking. <laughs> should, we can't even do a podcast. Who are we? Um, a, uh, 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 a song by Prince? Oh, sure. Well, actually, no. Nope. Oh, well, do you think that the, the streaming rights are, will allow us to play a song by Prince? Oh, maybe I was going to suggest um, he covered Foo Fighters' Best of You. Best of You. Oh, my God, it's so good. If, if we can make that happen. To be on the safe side, let's assume we can't. What's your second choice? Purple rain? Purple rain, because it was raining that day. Okay, see you guys next time. Bye.